Hello everyone. So before we begin, I invite you to take a moment to settle in, to ground in your heart and your body. So if you're able, I invite you to close your eyes for just a moment. Take a deep breath in. Fill your lungs with air. When they're completely full, exhale, let all the air out. And then slowly, slowly open your eyes and come into this present moment. Good to see you. Uh, you too, Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking last time, uh, and then we did a nice long meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, so core, right? So yeah. core to everything. And Lama John and I were talking about that in, in the podcast that we did uh, this week. Ah. So we went off, you know, on the emptiness. We said, okay, we're just going to talk about emptiness this week. And we Beautiful. went long and deep. and Dive into it. Yeah, and then we, we did a meditation. And I think it was actually after, yeah, after we were done, we were chatting. And... Mm -hmm. And the meditation was just so beautiful. And I was just, man, this is where it's at. This is where you're going to get your mm. juice from. This is the thing that charges up your avatar. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And the meditation, it was really, for those who didn't tune in, it was about really listening to the body, mm -hmm. the heart, and the mind. And that that's that holistic approach that's, that is what's part of what's at the core of eyes of love is really bringing self-awareness and self-acceptance to all of those dimensions right and the body yeah the sort of body's sort of new in some ways to the therapeutic uh, arena in the last yeah. like 20 or 30 years or so yes. it was always the mental and yeah absolutely focusing on on cognitions, behavior. Mm -hmm. See, I, but then as, as the field started to look at trauma, there was this recognition that the body has such tremendous wisdom mm -hmm. that there are, there are memories stored in the body that the mind may have repressed. And so on what part of the healing can be accessing that, but on an even more basic level, the body knows when a situation feels safe and welcoming or right. unsafe the mind might convince ourselves oh no no we we have to be at this formal gathering it's important because my friend asked me here or whatnot but if the body feels no we're too drained this mm -hmm. this isn't right there's there are the body knows yeah and then trauma too it sort mm -hmm. of stays in the body what was that book Something the Tiger with James uh, Irvine is that it? King the Tiger. Waking Peter the Tiger. Levine. There you go, Peter yes, Levine. Thank you. That's right. And our, one big takeaway I got from that is when um, an animal in the wild is chased by a, a lion or something and they escape, yes. they go off in a bush and they hide and they go. Brruh, brruh, brruh. They like shake it off. Absolutely. And we don't do that. If, no. If you almost get in a head-on collision or something and then you might yell and scream at the guy and then everything's cool and you go back home and you're, like, oh, you're still like that's, tense like that. That's right. And I, I'm so glad you brought that in because that's it's it's like there's this huge release of survival energy. Yeah. We have these stores that are, make sense to, as you say, escape from a, a lion or a tiger. Right. But then, yeah, in a moment of trauma, a car accident or also... And something I want to really clarify before we talk any more about trauma 
is an, an incident is traumatic if it feels overwhelming. So if our capacity to respond to a threatening situation is overwhelmed, that's a trauma. So that's the definition of trauma. That's the definition. Yeah. So we tend to think about it as a physical threat, a car accident, getting mugged. Mm -hmm. But it could be your parents yelling in the other room and your sure. sense of safety feeling compromised. So, and I, But I completely agree that in those moments, we bring up this vast amount of energy and then to respond and then when we can't respond it gets locked <laughs> yeah and that's what the animals release when they shake it off but you're so right we have too much we're too self-conscious to do that i think mm -hmm. sometimes our own body might scare us if we started shaking yeah you, you'd like to think that it's something that we would be as um that it would just sort of be common knowledge like if you have a nosebleed you know you put yeah, your head back exactly get in a traumatic situation blah, 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 like that i remember i was in an accident once and oh, and uh and I uh, got out of the car and I, I remembered that and I and I said to my friend who had been there too and she was shaken up you mm -hmm. know and I was like here just just shake it out she was no I'm not gonna do that and she was like for the next couple of days she was just like really wound up and still mm -hmm. talking about it but I had kind of even forgotten about it <laughs> you, you like let it go yeah, you were yeah able to release it yeah I remember yeah. these to be uh something called <laughs> you don't hear too much about it anymore primal scream therapy yeah you ever come across that I oh. have oh. I have heard of that one I did do it once I like I had yeah. read the book and I was like I was driving in the middle of nowhere I think it was down in Monterey in California okay it's on this highway and, and uh, even the windows were up and I was like I didn't get to try this. And it was great. I felt that years and years of pressure and anxiety oh. was just out. And I mean, and I got Released. into it too. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't just one time. I was like, this is great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Do this more often. And how did you feel afterwards? Oh, just so relaxed. Yeah. Mm. It was so cleansing. See, and that's just it. I I believe that to to have this release in an environment that feels safe mm -hmm. like in for you the privacy of your car mm -hmm. solitude it could be with with a therapist or someone you trust but i'd say when releasing something like that safety is key yeah because otherwise it can it, it's rather than a release it can be a, a reminder a reliving mm. of, of the original traumatic event and it can be really hard i think even if you go into therapy like I, mm -hmm. i've been very fortunate i haven't had any well, I guess no. Some, some guy tried to kill me once. He like put his arms around my neck. He's oh, like, oh, "I'm gonna kill you." I'm like, "Whoa, that's scary." But yeah, but I think if if you have had sort of prolonged trauma, sure. you know, it probably takes a long time in a therapeutic session to even sort of acknowledge the weight of it or to get around to the core. Or... Yeah. Oh, it it does. It's that's why it's so crucial to to build trust and, mm -hmm. a, and a real sense of like. You're safe. You're held. I've mm -hmm. got you. Yeah, um, and that's that's actually something that I I think is wonderful for everyone to know. Mm -hmm. Is the first rule in trauma informed therapy is that you don't ask someone about their trauma right away. Mm -hmm. And I think as a friend or a family member, if someone says they've had a traumatic experience, you instead you might say you might ask them like how it's affecting them now. But say, like, I think it's better that that we don't go into the details of it mm -hmm. until we feel safe. Yeah. So that's it. You're right. It's one of my mentors very wisely said, um, with trauma, the slower you go, the faster you get there. I see. For uh, healing. Yeah. I know that, um, yeah, I'm remembering something right now. Um, 
with someone who was very much like that. And I recall not diving into it. It, it, it mm-hmm. took a lot of courage, I think, for this person to say what they had said. Yeah. And I just listened. I said, okay, yeah. That's right. Well, I'm here for you. You're listening. You're, and that's just it. I think when that's part of the magic that either therapy or a, a very supportive present friend mm-hmm. or mentor or family member can offer is co-regulation. Because mm. I think I'm a huge proponent of introspection, of journaling, of looking within on our own time. I think people can, we can go deep. We can learn so sure. much about ourselves. Yeah. But there's a certain level that I truly believe we cannot get to alone. Yeah. It's too scary. Yeah. No, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And do you think that, like, if, if someone, uh, if you give them, you know, something to work on or just a little nugget of an idea, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the majority of the work, really, they have to do on their own. They have to process it. Like, you, you really can't process it for them right yeah no exactly that's 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 exactly what i tell all my all my clients uh, when we first start is that you know i'm here with you to the end i am going to support you through thick and thin but you're going to be walking this yeah and you know we'll walk through the fire yeah that's right yeah you know and so it's yeah it's a collaborative effort you know it's i i really use we language a lot. So okay. rather than saying, okay, I'm going to need you to focus on this. I'll say, okay, let's, let's focus on this together. Yeah. That's a big, and, but you're right. It, I can't do it for them. That's for sure. Yeah. It reminds me of the concept of self marriage, you know, where people like mm. get married to themselves. Right. And some people throw elaborate parties, you know, and, and but I, mean, I went through the process once and I thought about it and, and, uh, it basically what it means is, you're there for yourself. Yeah. Because I think too often we're just not. It's too easy to just mm. go to another spot, right? And just go, oh, not, I have yeah. all these issues, or whatever. No, none to help me. But it's if you have your own back, that can go a long way. Hugely. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's key. One way that I, that I like to think about it is giving yourself the same grace that you would give a dear friend. Sure. Yeah. So, right? So what advice would you give to a friend in a similar situation? What advice and what what uh sort of emotional response? Mm-hmm. So say if a friend if a friend said, "Oh man, like I really I really messed up and I, you know, I said the wrong thing to my partner. I upset them like I was such an idiot." And that's just it for ourselves. We tend to just start take out the the self whip and start like ah why do we do that i don't understand you know that's there's it's such a good question eh? (laughs) i i think part of it and this is just part of it is that we're social we're social animals and we the need to belong is as core as the need for food and water and shelter Mm -hmm. so i think we if we feel like we've made a social mistake it triggers our survival mechanisms and we self-scrutinize so that we can correct the behavior, avert the threat, and feel a sense of belonging and acceptance mm. in the world. Interesting. Wow, I like that. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think uh, going back to the original thing we are talking yeah, about, meditation, you know, yes. the more calm your mind is in situations, the more mm-hmm. I think you're able to process things and, and, and uh, see things more clearly to be able to get to places uh quicker 
That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It starts with slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, that's why I invite us to take a breath at the start of these, these episodes. And that's also a really useful practice. Sure, in anything. Uh, in anything. Yeah, yeah. Could be on, on the subway, could be, um, you know, at any moment. You could be just taking a, a break to the washroom. Yeah. And to close your eyes, take that deep breath and slowly reopen them calms the nervous system mm-hmm. and gives us sort of almost a reset. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to sort of get very anxious before I'd have to do anything. Mm. But I learned early that people can't see that on mm. on the outside. So as long as I'm just kind of <laughs> sitting like this, I could be on the inside going, I can't believe I'm doing just, this. Yep, scre- internally screaming. <laughs> yeah, but there I am. It's like, it's like no one can see this yes. at all. You know, and then also sort of, I forget where I learned this from, but just, you know, if, if, you, if you're going to do public speaking or you have some major thing you have to do, yeah. just try and just just go through what it'll be like, you know, think of the possibility, just meditate through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you've already done it in your mind and it went okay. Right. And now you show up and go, oh, I can do this because I already did it. <laughs> yeah, I've already practiced this. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think there's some, and there's some idea that like, the brain can't tell the difference between something you imagine and something that you actually do. Like athletes use this, right? It's true. That's yeah. right. Doing, Im- Im- imagining doing, uh, say, a tennis stroke yeah. had, I think it was between 70 and 90% as much effectiveness as actually physically doing that the stroke. That high. Okay. Wow. It was shocking. Yeah. I did that the other, uh, last week I was learning, trying to learn the Stevie Wonder song again. Oh. And I played it a couple of times and, you know, I was, I'm pretty much threw up. There's one spot and I'm yeah. not really sure, like, do they stop there for half a beat before they go off? And mm. I was literally playing, I was watching my fingers in my mind on there and I played it. And then a couple of days later when I played it, I, I got yeah. it because I had already rehearsed it in my head. Nice. Yeah. It's powerful. Uh, absolutely. You know, and the, the only caveat I want to name is sometimes we can then go into overthinking, like <laughs> imagining, you know, uh, practicing over and over again, or the mind can slip in the worst case scenario. Yeah, or you overthink it. Yeah. Overthink it. And that's, you know, that's where the mind, it's like, okay, you can thank the mind, like, thank you, that was helpful. It's no longer helpful. Yeah. Like, and that's where it's starting to slow down and drop into the heart. Or you just, maybe you've overthought it. And then when it happens, some of the excitement that was there. Yeah. I remember right. talking to a German friend of mine and she was very much, and it's a sort of a German thing, not to generalize too much, mm. but she had very, um, very detailed things, the way she wanted her life to go. Okay. And I was like, that's kind of good, but you, you know, you want it sort of a general direction. You just don't want to be, you know, unmoored. But I was like, no, I'd, I want to discover things along the way as well. Have that openness. Yeah. Because then you're receptive to life. Yeah. 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 And, right. and in all things too. And even, I don't know, in, in sort of a, when you're when you're working through something, you know, to be open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, and, and open to the different facets of our experience. You know, again, this is what I was hoping to guide us in in the, the meditation from last session is really the the two core aspects of eyes of love, which is self-awareness and self-acceptance. And I also want to just quickly name too, that it's there. You can look at yourself through eyes of love and look at the world around you through eyes of love. So the mirror side of that is awareness of the world around you and acceptance of others and Mm. of experiences. But I truly believe it starts 
it starts with you. So like, sort of a cart before the horse thing. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, right. And so I think we've already started to break these down just naturally. But so self awareness, as you say, it starts with slowing down with taking that breath. And then and then it comes down to, to mindfulness, something that that's uh, you know, a meditation practice that's become quite popular. Yeah, it's a word that's sort of uh, misused, you know, mm. in some ways. Yes. Um, my understanding of it, in the way that I sort of practice mindfulness, so to speak, it's it's like you're you're paying attention to how you're meditating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's mindfulness. Absolutely. I mean, exactly. It's it's this observation from sort of a step back. Yeah. But I like to say that it's important to have it be compassionate observation. Mm, right. That's where the self-acceptance comes in. Like having just a little bit of grace for whatever you're noticing mm-hmm. to, to be. Yeah, you were talking about difficulties in meditation and sitting down. And, or we were yes. talking about the, the monkey mind goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, one of my teachers, uh, Alan Wallace, was talking about that. And he, was, he asked his teacher, he goes, I'm trying to do this meditation you gave me. And... my mind's going all over the place and blah 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 and he said just do the meditation i gave you and (laughs) in other words it's like it's almost like a recipe you know if Mm. the meditation is to just follow the breath right just follow the breath Mm. it's pretty simple yeah yeah and if your mind goes off or if you start to get a little dull come back and follow the breath absolutely and i think that's just it is one of a, a teaching that meant so much to me as as a perfectionist, as someone who... Oh, you're a perfectionist. Though. I am. I'm going to write this down for a future episode. <laughs> for sure. I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> Lifelong struggle. <laughs> but I found, you know, that I had to be the, the perfect meditator. Oh, yeah. But no, I, I, we're, we're human. And so the process mm-hmm. is exactly that. The mind taking over and then coming back to the breath. Yeah. The success is in the coming back, mm. not in the never leaving. Oh, I like that. Because mm. that's that's real life. You know, maybe in a in a Buddhist retreat center or in the middle of the forest, we can get to a quiet place where there's no distractions. Super easy. Yeah. Super easy. Yeah. But out in the world, it's like, you know, it's easy to be a a holy man on top of a mountain, but it's it's the challenge is in walking with real life other people other people jobs stresses yeah who have no idea what you're talking about that's right so that's why it's coming back <laughs> you know you're someone cuts you off in traffic yeah you're gonna get angry and then it's okay like, can i let this anger can i acknowledge it like okay like i'm i'm angry yeah and then allow it to sort of express itself yeah. and then come back. Yeah, how fast can you sort of yeah make that transition? Exactly. Mm. Well, yeah. I like that your work is heart-centric, you know, mm. and in the meditation we were doing that too because I think it's it's so key. Like in Tibetan Buddhism, as you probably know, like mm-hmm. the whole idea when, you, when you're doing sort of the tantric practices yes. is to get the winds in the central channel into the heart. And there's a little tiny, uh, you know, bindu inside there too, which I believe right. the 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 Okik tradition has as well. Mm-hmm. But it's very centered on the heart. A bindu? Can yeah. You, could you clarify what that is? Uh, just a tiny little dot. Oh, that's of course. That's yeah. often on the third eye. Yeah, but it's like yeah. it's a very 
It's a very, when you're meditating on it, just to think of like the size of a mustard seed. Mm. It's super small and it's white and it's red and representing, you know, these two different energies. And just to imagine something that small. Right. It's wild, eh? And, and on the heart? In the heart, In yeah. the heart. Inside the heart. And then okay. I, I think it's, uh, some traditions, they sort of show the central channel and it's going through the chakras. and right. But others show that there's, there's sort of knots that are tied around. Mm-hmm. I think the heart has the most. It's like six or something, right? Well, uh, right, absolutely. And I love that meditation, that visualization, because it helps you drop into the heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were mentioning to me off off recording that, you practice for a time living from your heart. Oh yeah, Can just you sort say of a little bit about that. Yeah, dropping your consciousness. I forget where I heard this, but it was just the idea because we live so much from this head. For sure, eighty percent, I think, is vis- the information that comes in. There's the there's the eyes, there's the ears, yeah. everything else. You know, we're very rarely, unless you focus on it, aware of touch. Yes, unless there's some you know sensation, oh my butt or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. but generally speaking. It's all up on the head. Yeah. And that's just sort of by default, you know? That's right. just where all these organs happen to be. But the heart, right, it has just as many nerve endings as the brain neurons and as mm-hmm. our gut, right? Yeah. It has these uh, ganglion, is it right? They're called. Mm-hmm. So the heart is is just, a, it's a nerve body too. Yes. So there's no reason. And eyes of love, eyes of the heart. Mm-hmm. So you can drop your awareness there. Down to the heart. It's not like you've gone blind to the world, but there's mm-hmm. a difference. There's a subtle shift. You can just kind of, yeah. we can do it right now. I'm just sort of, there we are. I'm just looking at you, but I'm, I'm my awareness is in my heart and I'm doing like a Care Bear thing into yours. <laughs> uh, yes. See, and I, I feel that. You can Inst- feel it. I know, right? Instantly the energy, it, it opens and it drops. Because there's something there. There's something, like we use these metaphors, you know, oh my, I'm so open hearted or... You know, I have this gut feeling, things yes. like that. They're very real. There, there's a reason why that yeah. we use those things or feel my heart is closed or my heart's really open right now. Yeah, you can feel those things. That's right. Viscerally, yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah. And this is, it's such a powerful thing. It, it brings up a, a, a moment that I had with a, a client. It was beautiful. He's a brilliant man very intellectual the smartest person i know um and he i remember we in one of our first sessions he's uh studies you know ancient philosophy and he talked about how plato was arguing that we need more men with chests in the world (laughs) that there's a bunch of heads walking around oh wow yeah that you know and you know and so in, in in particular you know it's I think it's true for all humans, you know, every, every gender, every identity that we all mm-hmm. need to live from the heart. Yeah. But with this client, it was in particular working with healthy masculinity and with rather than being so in the head or mm-hmm. maybe in the gut that it's okay to, to, to be men with chests together. <laughs> but honestly, above all, I think, you know, we something that I that I really got in my core is that for every person no matter what their their identity their presentation everybody wants to love and be loved yeah and that to me is such a such a guiding light yeah because it's so easy to get jumbled in the politics but totally and I think that once anyone has some power 
but mm. like the white male, the power that we have. Sure. We don't want to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to give up power. Yeah. Right. So there just sorts needs to be, a, you know, just a stepping back, you know. Yeah. And, and helping, not just saying, oh, okay, well, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> right. But no, you have to yeah. actually actively, yeah, participate in making things better. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. we, we, I couldn't agree more. We all have that responsibility to, to uphold our values, to sort of, to the, the classic quote, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. That couldn't be more true. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, part of what it comes down to in terms of seeing through eyes of love is to see that every person out there, even someone you disagree with, has a tender heart. Yeah. That underneath all the armor and the defensiveness is a, a scared inner child that just wants to be held. Yeah, yeah, you can get there with people. Maybe there's someone whose who's public personality, they're in the public eye, and they're sort of a tough guy, and then they get home and they're just, they love their grandkids. Absolutely. Yeah. We all have many sides to us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah living from the heart, yeah. And that's, yeah, I... What I just was reminded of in the last episode, I talked about the silent retreat when, um, when I that first teaching of it's not about you came, but what came of it. So, and this is this is about like living from the heart. I think this is connected. I asked myself, <clears throat> I refl- meditated on how can I bring this out into the world because I had such clarity and I felt so alive and open-hearted mm-hmm. but I knew that there would be challenges in the world yeah you don't want to let that go yeah no <clears throat> and so what, what 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 I was given was an oath and this is an oath that I live by that really guides guides me and guides this practice and it is and I I say this heart it's I'm meaning my heart but it's like the heart in this heart in this chest sort of to have a little bit less attachment to it Mm -hmm. but so the oath is i swear to find the courage each and every day to keep this heart open to practice the mindfulness each and every day to keep this mind open and to love every single living being that crosses my path including the one who walks it and finally i swear to do all of this playfully Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, the heart, you, as a physical organ, it's an amazing thing. Every once in a while you happen to catch, you know, some open heart surgery thing when you're flipping through the dial. Sure. And it's just going boom, 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 yes. boom, for 70, 80 years. Abs- There's something absolutely. about that that's just crazy. It's, it can't even fathom how that happens. Oh, it's it's remarkable. And in a way, you know, it... It's a center of, of life force for us. It, it pumps blood and oxygen through our bodies. Yeah. And I've also heard that it's uh, certain traditions view it as sort of the, the essential sound. Because mm. when, we're, when we're a fetus, we hear our mother's heartbeat. Uh-huh. And that's why it's such a soothing lullaby. It reminds us of that warmth, that holding of the womb. Wow, yeah, the heartbeat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, and I know that, you know, put my ear to other people's chest and you listen, it's like, oh man, that's the most amazing thing. Isn't it? It 
just like you just when we dropped into our hearts earlier it's we we feel that there's something there and there's something deeply familiar in the sound as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well we're so you know we're just so in our heads in our minds yeah in the world in our bodies and it's like it's it's the one thing that's just sort of left out you know it's sort of like mm-hmm. oh well maybe you go to church or maybe you have right. a meditation practice but we're really we need to new learn new things to keep our a pace in the in the job world and sure. maybe keep our body healthy you know mm-hmm. and eat right and exercise and so forth where's the heart that's, that's right what are we supposed to do what are the like the basic things that you mm-hmm. should do every day that mm-hmm. the same thing that you do when you're thinking about your diet or learning a new learning a language let's just say what are yeah. the heart things that you should do <laughs> absolutely i think one is is to to slow down to take even just a few moments to breathe into your heart to bring your awareness down from the head into the heart and to give it a voice Mm, interesting because i think all of our experiences they they deserve to be heard they need to be heard and so you know because the heart it's it's a place the center of, of love of openness and it's also the the realm of emotions that's true so you think about going back to what i was just saying like mm-hmm. your body we listen to our body what's yes. it, what's it's telling us we listen to our minds you know our awareness that's right what are we listening to our hearts yeah yeah so with our hearts i mean i think there's at least two important layers one is our our emotional experience and so if you notice say that there's a strong emotion coming up or even a subtle emotion we can we can start to hone this mm-hmm. inner sense it's so i find it so profoundly helpful to just stop and name that emotion in your own mind oh okay so what would the name be for example so oh wow i'm i'm feeling jealous right now or ah i'm i'm feeling angry so you would consider these emotional things attached to the heart that arise in the heart that arise yeah. in the heart. Okay. Not sort of the, the the heart is like the the realm or the mm-hmm. container for emotions, and because honestly, it's trying to ignore emotions. I believe it's like trying to ignore a child that wants something. Yeah. The more you try to push them away, the louder they get. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's one one aspect, and and honestly, I I invite anyone listening. To just to give this a try it may seem just so simple or not that helpful but to name it there's a certain release like mm. it's like okay i've been heard and see see what happens so you're acknowledging it yeah acknowledging it but then the second level is i would say more the intuitive center listening to the wisdom of the heart and and with that you know i i invite anyone listening to to get to know their heart to get to know how to check in with your heart when there's a decision coming up Mm, interesting bring your awareness down to your chest down to that emotional center see what comes up see what comes up so and that can look many ways for me it's i ask i'll ask my heart a question and if i feel a light feeling like a helium balloon floating upwards in my chest that to me is a yes and if i feel a heavy sinking sensation that's heavy like a 
like a weighted ball in water, that's a no. Mm. Oh, but, oh, okay. But it it looks different for all sorts of people. I've heard many different accounts of what intuition feels like. Yeah, I was thinking, well, what are, is there certain categories? But it seems like it could be anything that you would, anything that you could feel. Yes. Could be that. And it goes, it's usually much quieter than the mind, but it tends to be a lot more clear and true. And that's something you'd be more able to access with more meditation. Absolutely. It's a yeah. practice like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you have, do you have a heart-centric meditation we could do? I sure do. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I invite you to close your eyes or look gently at the floor. And begin to deepen your breathing. With each breath, give yourself just a little more time on the inhale and the exhale. Take some time connecting with your breath. And allow yourself to settle into a pace of breathing that feels natural and comfortable. And as you begin to tune in to the sensations of breathing, start to notice how your chest expands when you breathe in. And then gently contracts when you breathe out. Begin to allow your awareness to settle on your physical heart, in your chest cavity. And with each in-breath, feel your heart filling with air, filling with that oxygen. And now invite your awareness to follow your breath down from the head, down from that spot behind the eyes where it usually rests. Allow your center of focus to drop gently down and land in the heart. You may even visualize the angle of your room from your heart. A good foot lower than your eyes. And as you tune into your heart, let's gently shift away from the physical beating heart and begin to open to the emotional heart, the center of all of our emotions the center of love, the place, that part in us, that place in us that holds our adoration for the ones we love, that holds our deep grief for the ones we've lost, that place within you 
that holds your joys, your dreams and aspirations, your disappointments, that place that holds your frustrations, your anger and indignation. Notice just how vast the heart is. Your individual heart may feel tight sometimes, may feel constricted, but underneath that, there is the great heart. The heart that's big enough to hold all of our pain and all of our joy. a few moments now to sit in the heart. Allow yourself to rest. And now gentle curiosity, start to visualize what that heart space looks like for you. Is it a place in nature? Does the space in your heart look like a forest or a beach, the top of a mountain? the bottom of a valley? Or is it a place of safety from your past? Is it a certain room where you felt safe and at ease? Is it a certain moment watching a sunset? or of being held by someone who you felt truly safe with. There is no right answer, no wrong answer. Notice what is the quality of your heart space. Begin to ask yourself, where have you felt safe? Where have you felt held? Where have you felt like you could really breathe? And as this sanctuary of the heart begins to come into focus. Start to look around. Invite in the senses. What do you see? What are the colors that arise? What images 
objects, people, or animals. Just take a few moments to notice what you see in this expansive, safe sanctuary of the heart. With your next breath, or when you feel ready, gently shift to your sense of hearing. What do you hear? Are there birds singing? Is there complete silence? Is there the sound of a river flowing or waves crashing? Perhaps frogs croaking. Take a few moments to notice the sounds. With your next breath, shift your sense of smell. What are the smells in your heart sanctuary? You smell the salt of the sea, the soil of the earth. Do you smell a smell that maybe only you know, of a certain perfume or incense? And this maybe it's the smell of a person. What do you smell? And if you smell nothing at all, that's perfect too. Just allow yourself to take in the quality of the air. Let's take just a brief moment to touch into taste as well. Is there a taste that brings you comfort? Is it the taste of chocolate, or of pizza, ice cream, or the taste of a fresh garden salad, or the most freshly brewed coffee? And finally, tune into your sense of touch. Feel if there's any breeze on your skin within this sanctuary of your heart. Notice the temperature. Notice the ground. And allow it to hold you. Feel what it's like in this moment to be held in the safety of your heart. And finally, zoom out to your full experience 
allowing your awareness to encompass all five senses. And notice how it feels to rest within your heart center. What are you aware of in this moment? Let's take just a few more breaths together to allow this experience to sink in, to settle in your memory, in your direct, immediate experience. Your heart is always here. This is a place you can always go back to when you need support and rejuvenation. And knowing that you can come back anytime, take a moment, if you feel called, to bow your head gently and thank your heart for this time. And now, Come back into your body, back into this moment, perhaps wiggling your toes, your fingers. Slowly open your eyes. Now, as you look out, look from the heart. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Gregory.